Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO, and in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And I'm so excited for our guest today because we talked, I feel like it was just like a week ago, but I know it was like much longer than that. And we totally hit it off. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to be on the podcast because there's so much that goes in behind the scenes to what we're going to talk about today. And it's probably one of the most important things. And so If you've never really sat down and put a strategy together or thought about branding and why, I know what you're thinking, oh, there's so many podcasts on branding. This one's going to be a little bit different, I promise you. And we're going to dive in and talk about why it's important, the differences of brands, and there's just some really cool stuff coming up. So today's guest, (laughs) I asked her, I'm like... It looks like Johanna, and then it's like she goes by Joe, she goes by Yo, but really her name is Johanna, right? (laughs) Correct. You nailed it. Yes. So it's like just, you know, phonetically, and I get all the time with my last name, people try to be fancy with it, like profit. I'm like, no, it's just profit, like money. It's just not spelled like that. So (laughs) I know how you feel. Like I get it all the time, but Johanna, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I can already tell we're going to have an absolute blast. We are. So before we like dive into all the just like good stuff that you were telling me about when we last chatted, uh, I'm like, we have to share this stuff. Just give, give our audience watching, listening. I know all about you because after we talked, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to watch this and, and do this. Um, and, and it's so, it's amazing. Can you just share a little bit of context? Like before you launched what you're doing now with brand? Like, how have you gotten to this stage in your business? Okay, that is pretty much my favorite question ever. So thank you for leading with, it just makes me so happy to tell this story because I am a walking, talking miracle. So is my business. Like the reason I am here is because, um, Nine years ago, I was doing design work at an agency, but it was not fulfilling. It was a really negative environment. People got fired all the time for no reason. And like it, uh, the sky was always falling. And I, it was like a design assembly line. Uh, you do it quick. It doesn't really matter what their needs are. Who cares about their brand? Just put something in an ad for them and get it out of there. Like go, 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 go. And I knew I wasn't living up to my potential, but also I wasn't actually serving the clients. Like I wanted to be able to take time to find their why and, and help them show up in the world. And that wasn't happening. Um, and so I was like, they're just existing, very mediocre 
type of existence. And that could pretty much describe my whole life. Like fear drove the bus. I, I just played it really safe. I did everything super safe. And then out of the blue, um, I went from perfectly healthy to diagnosed with a brain tumor and my whole world just turned upside down. So it was like, (laughs) I was like, uh, you know, fine, strong, healthy, like one of the strongest people I knew 10 pounds stronger than the average woman and 40 pounds stronger than the average man. And that was kind of my identity. Pretty much all I had going for me was like, she works out. <laughs> she's yeah. strong. And she's like, okay, at design at the sucky agency and has some good friends and life's here. And, you know, she's probably never going to really amount to anything. That was kind of how I saw myself. That might not have been what people actually said, but mm-hmm. if I looked around, that's what it was. And then I woke up one like middle of the night with a head splitting migraine that then three days later turned into partial paralysis down my left side. Um, My vocal cords were paralyzed. My um, sternocleidomastoid muscle, like I couldn't swallow. I could barely breathe. I couldn't talk. Food was coming out of my nose instead of going down my throat. And let me tell you, having Oreos come out your nose is a wake-up call that something is indeed wrong. This is not just a migraine and you need to go to the doctor. So I went from Uh thinking like I'm the healthiest person around to ending up ER and then neurosurgeon and then ENTs and like getting shuffled down the line and coming back with a diagnosis of you have a brain tumor and my world just flipped. I bet. I played it so safe, man. What I do deserve this. I was a good girl. I was a goody two shoes. I was like... safe but good you know and don't didn't drink didn't smoke didn't do and like nothing in my health history saw this coming but it came Mm -hmm. and when that happened um first off I expected to be kind of like the show house where they won't sleep until they discover what particular type of tumor this is, how to treat it, find the cure. It's going to be fine because they care so much. The world is full of advocates. No, turns out not so much, which is let's tap into that later. Like that is one of the things I do with my clients is I become an advocate for their most audacious self. And that comes from this moment when I wanted to live. I wanted health again. And there was no advocates. Like there was doctors that, um, did their job very well, very good doctors. And then they went home and slept and I went home and cried. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the results just kept coming back inconclusive. And for someone who had played it safe and done everything for the sake of certainty, like my job wasn't exciting, but at least it was secure. Um, this just turned everything upside down. And I I went from, um, I'm just gonna like keep working at this agency. Someday I'll make it up the ladder. Someday I'll get a promotion. Then I'm gonna move to New York. And then I'm gonna get put on some really cool brand projects where someday I'm gonna get to work with celebrities and, you know, help them with their brand photo shoots and all this stuff. Like that was my 
someday, but there were no action steps in place for that to happen. When this happened and, and the diagnosis came down, I looked around my office and went, oh, hell no, I am mm -mm. not going out like this. And mm -mm. if they don't know how long I have left and they kept saying results are inconclusive, we don't know. I asked them, am I going to die? Like that was the first thing I said when they said, you have a mass. What does mm -hmm. that mean? We don't know. Am I going to die? We don't know. How much time? We don't know. So frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. And so I went from really certain and secure of my outcomes to realizing that in reality, certainty is an illusion. <laughs> yeah. And so much of my life, I had just clung to it and it wasn't really there at all. I mean, this didn't change things. This just opened my eyes. And so um, not knowing what was going to happen with my health, I quit my job. I walked out the office. I said, if I don't know how much time I have left, I'm going to spend it with my family. I'm going to spend yep. it with my friends. I'm going to spend it on my motorcycle and I'm going to spend it. <laughs> I'm going to spend it. Like I literally walked out, sat on my motorcycle in the parking lot and just sobbed. Like this oh. is not it, but I'm going to do work that matters with the time I have left. Yeah. So I walked out the door down the street and I started knocking on business doors and saying, hi, I'm Johanna. I design stuff. Do you need stuff designed? Uh -huh. And I literally like Mary Kay salesman my way through the I love town. It. I <laughs> and love it. Miracle, of, miracle of miracles. I found a few people who were actually in office. Some of them actually like needed some graphic design work done. And uh, so I launched Design by Joe with a whopping eight hours of promised work on the clock. That was enough for me because I was just done. Like I was done not living up to my potential. I was mm -hmm. done looking around knowing I still left everything on the table mm -hmm. and knowing that there were so many people like that needed something that I had to give, but I wasn't even close to reaching them. So <laughs> that happen. And just so I don't leave your listeners with a cliffhanger, this might have to be another episode, but yeah. the brain tumor story, <laughs> the brain tumor story turns out so good. I could not get help from the doctors two and a half years of getting bounced from surgeon to surgeon who said, we can help you. And then no, we can't. It's too risky. We can help you. No, we can't. It's too risky. But underneath the surface, while that was happening in the medical world, I had a really amazing family friend who was a very um, black and white in his faith kind of Christian, like the kind of guy that sometimes you want to punch when he says things, <laughs> Yeah, but he's almost always right. And you know that he says it because he loves you and he loves so well that you could take it when it counts. And the day after I was diagnosed, he showed up on my porch and gave me a brand new little iPad mini loaded with every Bible verse about healing that he had been able to find. And he said, Johanna, you've said your whole life that you believe in healing and you believe in God, but you're not acting like it right now and you're not talking like it. So this is for you. This is tools for the battle and we're going to fight. And <laughs> he just Amazing. challenged me, challenged me to change the way I talked, change the way I thought which now I know so much more about mindset than I did then, but that was my very first introduction was just, Johanna, it's not enough to believe something. You have to do something about what you believe. 
And so I did, I started speaking out those verses, speaking out those words, and my body got better and better and better and better. And even though the doctors could never help me, all of my symptoms are gone. I'm a walking, <laughs> talking miracle. And the crazy thing is I never got the clean MRI that I so desperately wanted. I never got the certainty on paper, but, but I like said, nope, this is what's happening. I know that I can call it into being. I did, and everything reversed and aligned. Like this sternocleidomastoid muscle that runs down your neck was completely missing. And behind my collarbone looked like it had been scooped out with ice cream scoop. It was just atrophied, gone from nerve damage. And it all came back stronger than before. Now I think my left side's stronger than my right side. And uh, like, I get to live that every day. And now I have a wicked cool story that when people say, how'd you start Design by Joe? It's not like, well, you know, I knew I could better. <laughs> it is like no. a huge, I mean, but I'm just like, you didn't have to have surgery. Like no one would operate. No one would try to remove it. Like, well, we went to it was like a roller coaster as life often is. It sounds tidy and neat kind of now at the, the end of it, but along the way, it was so heartbreaking. So many ups and downs. I was walking in faith. I was seeing my body get better and better as it responded to that belief and the power of faith. But then I go for yet another surgeon who would hopefully be able to help me because I wanted certainty so bad. And they do another MRI and they'd come back and I'd expect it to be smaller or gone. And they'd say, hmm, it's the same or maybe bigger. We can't tell. We used a different machine. And, uh, oh, by the way, I can't help you either. My machine's actually too risky. Like I was going to use a gamma knife, but it might turn this into something more malignant or it might like uh, break it up and then cause aneurysms as it exits the body, all these things. So then they'd pass me to the next surgeon who did it a different way and maybe he can help. And that just happened again and again. And I would be going on faith, getting stronger and stronger. Like my symptoms are disappearing. I go in so confident that this MRI is going to be clean and then it wouldn't be. And my faith would just crumble like dust. Yeah. And the doctors trying to be helpful, trying to prepare me would say, oh, and next, you're probably going to lose vision in your right eye. Your left jawbone will likely get pushed out of place. This will probably happen in this, like these are the next things you can look for. And I would go into that appointment full of faith and my body doing well. I would leave crying, go to bed, wake up the next morning with all of my original symptoms back, plus some new ones, which is after that happened twice, I finally got wise to how intensely powerful our mind is mm -hmm. and like, okay, I get that maybe I'm not all the way healed yet, but also I know that overnight really like that's the brain. Mm -hmm. And so I set to work on destroying the fear first yeah. and changing the mindset because I started yeah. to realize that that fear of what they told me was going to happen was actually making it happen. And I had to eradicate it. So I put in inputs, like I'd play sermons on healing while I worked just in the background, just because the hamster wheel in my brain on its own was, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like yeah. they said, they said, it's still there. It's so clearly I'm not healed. 
they said, so there, clearly I'm not here. Clearly I'm a fraud. <laughs> clearly I'm an imposter telling people I'm going to be healed and look at this MRI and it says I'm not. And I had to just drown it out because mm -hmm. until I got through that fear, I, I couldn't fully heal. But I realized in one moment of shining clarity that what I was really afraid of wasn't what happened next. It wasn't dying. It was losing my happiness because of losing my quality of life that I was used to, losing my physical strength, losing my ability to move, ending up in a wheelchair. Um, I was afraid that then I wouldn't be happy if that happened for whatever time I had left. But then it sunk in, in a moment of a, like, I was in extreme pain, but I realized that I could choose to be joyful in that moment anyway. I could choose to move just because it was a gift and I was still capable of it and not worry about whether it made me stronger. Just I can move, so I'm going to. I can be joyful, so I'm going to. And then there was nothing left to fear. And when that happened, like, <laughs> then my body really got on the road to healing. And we did try to have surgery, ended up, one guy said, yes, we can do this. Had me, um, he did the scans. He said, come back in three months. It'll be a 10 hour procedure and you'll be done. And at that point, my family and friends were like, Johanna, like, why? You're, you're healed. Like your body is doing perfectly. Why would you put yourself through this? I want certainty. I want to never think about it again. I want to know that I know that I know. And I want to have a clean scan so that I'm not a fraud telling people I'm healed when there's something still on this paper that says I'm not. And so I said, I'm going to put myself through this. And I showed up for the surgery. Uh, they had me on the operating table. Anesthesiologist is there ready to knock me out. And the doctor comes back in. I'm in three months. Apparently, he hasn't looked at my chart in three months because... <laughs> He walks in and he goes, uh, you're going to hate me, but I changed my mind. I won't do this surgery. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. He said, I know what the scan says, but I can't do this to a healthy person when this surgery could put you in a wheelchair for life or on a feeding tube for life. And I, I can't do this to you. What and a good doctor though. Like, I know you were pissed, I know. I but what so a pissed. great person. <laughs> yeah, he really was like risking his reputation um, because I probably could have sued the hospital for them like three months of me planning and prepping for recovery and all of these things. And, and then last minute, like I'm there and I'm ready and they say, never mind, but he, um, he trusted his gut above his reputation, which now I am forever grateful for. But then I screamed. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Those little curtains in the hospital corridors, not strong enough for how angry I was. It was 5 a.m. I hadn't eaten in 24 hours. And all of my like dreams of certainty once and for all were just crashing down. But when, when we left, I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm never coming back. Like mm -hmm. I have been almost doing something about what I believe. I've been mostly acting in faith, but then I keep going back and checking. And clearly 
my faith wasn't quite strong enough to handle seeing something different on paper. I've got to stop seeing that. Like, yep. I can't keep going back every six months and getting the pants scared off of me. Uh, I can't. And so I said, nope, I'm done. I'm out. Thank you. I'm sure someday I'll thank you <laughs> right now. I'm yeah. just mad at you. But um, that was five years ago since I've ever wow. been there. And I have not looked back. And when I finally took that last step and said, no more scans, like I need to trust that this healing has happened. The last of my symptoms just faded away. There was no more choking and no more swallowing issues and no more headaches and no more like muscles are bigger than ever. And so I think that was just the last step and I don't get to double check it. I learned that now. Yeah. And I don't get to prove it. I can't prove anything to you. All I can tell you is that was what happened. And, and that made me go like, so during that, like two years of roller coaster, I had started design by Joe, but I wasn't super successful. I was fighting a brain tumor. Right. And, <laughs> and just kind of like starting a new baby business in the yeah. world. And when, when I walked out of that last surgery, I, I went and looked around and went, okay, I did this massive boost, this, this leap. And everybody thinks I'm super courageous because instead of quitting my job and, and going on Medicaid, which is what they wanted me to do, I quit my job and started three companies actually. Like who does that? <laughs> who does? People like us me, me. and we're you crazy. Would, you would totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but after after that last, like, I am done, I looked around and went, I went from one kind of mediocre to a new kind of, like, mediocre comfort. I hit a certain income ceiling, and then I was just comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I still wasn't serving my clients on a big scale like I had dreamed of. I was just doing it in a different method. And so I went and um, I went to a Tony Robbins conference, Unleashed the okay. Power <laughs> It's a good way to start. Walked on hot coals, which was really the least transformative part of that experience. The, the real shift was the mindset when he told us to think about what our life would be like in 10 years if nothing changed. How many people would not be impacted? How many mm -hmm. people would not get what we have to offer? How many people would not be touched? And I thought about my story and I cried. And I was like, no, I, I didn't come this far to only come this far. Mm -hmm. And I can't like go from, I just, I, I don't want to just live my life as a survivor. I want to thrive. I want a quantum bunny leap. So I went back home, kind of tore through my business, sat down with all my and said, what can I do more of? What do you need? What do you wish you had in a, in a branding person? What do you wish you had? And they said, well, one, we don't know what we don't know. Two, uh, we wish someone would take us through the whole process because it, we came to you originally maybe to just get a logo and some brand guidelines and you, you did a beautiful job and you gave it to us in a pretty package and we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> exactly. Or we, you, you told us like next step is website, but you don't do those and yet. And, and we went out and couldn't find a single person that would carry out the brand in a like premium way, like you started it. 
And so I went, okay, I'm going to fall in love with my clients, not with my business plan and not with my products or services. So how can I change this? And so I went from just being a designer to taking all sorts of messaging and strategy trainings, learning how to help them find their why and tell their story first, and then communicate that into visuals. Because when it comes to branding, a lot of people think that one, they either think it's just a logo or they know it's more than that, but um, they think they can wait and they're going to publish their book first and launch their podcast first and start their course. And then they'll worry about branding. And what happens then is it happens, you still have a visual brand, but it just happened by default instead of by design. And I wanted to solve that. <laughs> so I added messaging. I added team members. I learned to code so that I could add websites. And then the first thing I learned to code when I learned to code was that I hate to code. Yeah, girl, <laughs> I do too. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're just not that personality. Like we like <laughs> to talk and like love people and not that coders don't, but I just find that if they're coding, they like live in their little tech world that is their happy world and I like I look at it now and I'm just like oh my god thank god I don't do that anymore <laughs> yep it's but crazy. at least I was like at least I'm gonna learn to speak it and so now I can confidently design websites that are gorgeous high converting and I know they're gonna stand out from the pack and then I can talk to my developer and say let's do this and when they say that's not possible I have the knowledge and the expertise to say, yes, it is. And we're going to do it. <laughs> but isn't because that crazy how it literally, when I hear, first off, like, it's amazing what you have gone through and then the shift in a very short period of time. And it just shows you how powerful your body reacts when you get your mindset right. But I've noticed kind of a pattern in you know, in podcasts and conferences and things like that, that the entrepreneurs who've had that near-death experience of, of the word death, like you are going to die. You know, we were told by someone or that's just what the statistics are. And for, for people like with our personality, it lights a fire under us. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, I'm not, no, I'm not ready. Like, what do I need to do to reverse this and change it? And like you said, you, be, you become your own advocate. And, mm -hmm. and everybody has a story. Everybody has yeah. bad things happen to them. For sure. All in how you, and take the information. And I just, I know this, like, we didn't talk about this before, but I do have like two questions for you because from a, just a, a personal atmosphere, it's like what I've noticed in myself over the years, is just like the people around me, their mindset also, like what they're saying and then I know, um, you know, like some church, I'm not knocking churches at all, communities and church, they're great sometimes, but it's like when you have a bunch of people around you and they're like, you're sick and oh, poor, pitiful, da, 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 mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, kind of like the traditional mommies of, you know, patting you on your head and like, I'll pray for you. And they say rosaries uh -huh. for you and they bake you casseroles. And it's like, that's not what you fucking need. You need some strong ass people around you who are like, okay, you got six months left, girl. You want to travel the world? 
who's going to go, you know, it's like, what do you want to do? And no, from a selfless standpoint, you're like, I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference. Like, I know I could do it better. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. And I think, do you think that you came really far kind of quick? Like what you've done in a short period of (laughs) time took me 11 years before I like joined a business organization because I was in industry organizations, which did not serve me as a, as, as growing. It was great, a great referral network, but personal development mindset is everything. And if you don't have that shit straight, if you can't get yourself straight, you, it's hard to run a team. It's hard to have client, good clients that aren't, you know, taking advantage of you. And so, but did you, when, when all this started, my two questions are, did you have the right people around you that you supported? Or did you kind of have to like, and I mean this nicely, like potty train them of like, Hey, you know, so-and-so was really an influence on me. I'm really trying to stay positive and, and was that a lot of it? And then my second question is, did you change anything with like your diet and your, not a diet, but like your food and, you know, sugar and, you know, there's all kinds of things out there that aren't doctor approved, but <laughs> damn, there's, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 people who get certain types of cancer. They change what they're eating and, and the vitamins and it's all natural and it's gone, you know? So that's my mm-hmm. thing. It's like your support group and then what you're putting in your body, did you have to shift that at all? So the support group, for sure, like you said, potty training, it was maybe some potty training, maybe some breaking up. There were people in my life. One, one, like one of the best things I did was quit my job because I got out of that environment where the sky was always falling. And I didn't realize how negative it was until I was sick. And I was like, oh, I, I can't have that. So that was another like really good shift. But I had people in my life at the time who two things happened, like some had to be trained, some had to be left because the ones that had to be left were saying things like, Johanna, you're in denial. (laughs) Exactly. Right. They're like, Johanna, you need to stop talking about how you're going to do this business and um, how you're fine and how you're healing. And you just need to accept this and like, wait to die, basically. And I went to what end who does that serve like if I die anyway sounding like a crazy person talking about how I'm gonna get healed who cares I'm dead you can laugh at me after I'm dead but Mm -hmm. I know that if I take the doctor's word as the last word I will die I have the choice yeah and I am not going to so those people had to go and I found them quickly because they were the ones giving that and it was like oh this is the last time we're ever hanging out <laughs> and exactly. then and then there were the people that you didn't break up with because they were family or friends really close friends that meant the best ever but they did things like I've never said this on a, out loud before but I feel like this is an okay place to say it there was um amazing people that organized a fundraiser for me to help pay for the brain biopsy And that was so incredible and selfless, like the whole city came together and it was really incredible, but I didn't actually want it Mm -hmm. because I, that was early and when I didn't, not that I didn't want help, I'm not ashamed of help at all, 
I didn't want surgery. Mm -hmm. And even though part of me pursued that to the gritty end, as you heard, like at that early on, I wanted to walk away from it. I wanted to say I'm healed. I am being healed. I wanted to stand in that and be done. And because there was all these well-meaning, caring people doing a fundraiser, everyone was always asking like, how are you doing? Telling me their stories of how they've had like three brain tumors and had like three surgeries and like they keep coming back and all these things. And, and so it, it kept it in my life longer than I would have wanted, but I wasn't strong enough, bold enough. And maybe it wouldn't have been the right choice. Like their hearts were definitely in the right place. And in the end, I didn't have surgery and I donated the money to a guy who needed a heart transplant. So it turned out fine. Like maybe he couldn't have got the money and that's why it happened. But there was people in situations where family wanted you to pursue medical options. Even once I saw like the doctors clearly saying, we don't think we can help. And I knew it was kind of crumbling my faith to keep going back and felt like I needed to take a step back, that that would be my final act of standing on what I believed. I kept going because I didn't want my family to feel like I'd given up. So there was some training <laughs> and they mean well, but it happens. And the same thing happens in business. Like when I went to start my business, my, I won't mention who, but <laughs> I was talking very excitedly <laughs> just in case they ever start listening to backlogs of podcasts I've been on. You never right. Anything can happen. Um, but I was talking very excitedly about like this new company and all this stuff. And the first thing they said was, well, honey, what about health insurance? You know, you've had a brain tumor and you need to worry about that stuff. Like, what are you going to do about health insurance? Like, that was the sum total of my, I'm starting this company and we're going to change the world and we're going to do brands that transform people from their current self to their aspirational self in six months instead of in six years. And we're going to, but what about health insurance? <laughs> it's such so, a limited yes. mindset. And, and there's, I feel like there's a great lesson that I want to point out here. Cause I'm like, as my mother, you're always trying to teach, like, teach, but, but teach there's, away. <laughs> there's a, there's a really good thing in it is that what you said is so important. That's it's happened in not to me, but like in my family before where the exact same thing is where these fundraisers were put on, but it's like, did anybody ever ask you, what do you want? If you need time to think about it and how can we best support you? And as humans, especially with our personality, we were so quick to like help and want to just, just fix everything. Cause we think we can. And there are times where, I mean, my sister has a terminal illness and has for several years, she was told six months. And then it's like, well, she wasn't ready to die. You know, we, we did something totally crazy and sent her to Russia and she got stem cell replacements. And I mean, it's, it's almost seven years later and she's still up, you know? So it's like, I would just say from this is like, don't take one doctor I mean, mm -hmm. I do feel like we live in a different age. My parents are still in the generation where it's like, whatever the doctor says, go jump off this cliff. It's going to make me feel better. <laughs> it's like, you do have to be your own advocate, but something mm -hmm. like one of our therapists taught me was that she's like, Angela, you're not always here to teach. And so instead of always offering, you know, through your experiences, how you can help somebody, like sometimes just ask, like, what do you want? How can I help? Like, do you want me to listen? 
or do you want me to share some experiences with you of how we've dealt with some situations that are similar? Or I know nothing about this. Like, how can I help? But I think it's a really good lesson just for every single person hearing and listening that sometimes just when you're when you're quick and you're excited because you can help someone or you can go plan a fundraiser or whatever it is, like take a step back and mm-hmm. just ask the person that that you love, that, you know, friends, family, like, what do you want? And a lot of times people, we don't know what we want and we don't know what we need. But at that time, you needed that guidance and that faith. And that's what helped you really get your mindset right. And then I can't even ma- imagine like, you know, going to a Tony Robbins conference and y'all, if you've never <laughs> been to a, one of his conferences or um, it, some, some of the people that run in the same space, it's like you yeah. come back with a fat fire under your ass and you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to conquer, you know, I mean, it's, it's the best feeling, but it's like, how do you keep that momentum going? Right. Because mm-hmm. it's like you, you say yes to everything in the beginning of a baby business because you just want the work. And then like you, we, you started to say a few minutes ago, you get into it and then you're like, okay, here I am just comfortable again. And you know, you're not challenging yourself and you're bored. I'm assuming, cause this is <laughs> me. totally. I'm Sounds like, like you can relate. <laughs> I get, I'm like, I'm bored. So it's like, then, okay, what do you love doing and the passion and then putting it into play, but in full service so that you can service. It's not about the quality. It's not about the quantity and the numbers of how many logos you can do and how many jobs you can do. And listen, there's agencies (laughs) out there. It sounds like you used to work for one and it's like, and that's okay. Some people just need that, but it's a completely different service process, feeling everything. When you go to someone who's had an experience like yours and you value every single client from beginning to end and you have that process and they trust you and knowing the care and the heart behind it, because you know, you don't want to go out half-assed doing anything, which is why (laughs) we say no a lot more than we say yes now, Mm -hmm. because if we don't have the time to dedicate to it, I don't want to half-assed do anything. And so it's, you know, we have a process and we follow it. And so it's just, it's that way we do it with our businesses, but what is just crazy to me is a lot of humans, we don't do it for ourselves. We don't stop and say, okay, you know, I I like reset every year. And I'm like, where is my value best going to help and like leave a legacy? And the older I get, the smaller the group gets and the smaller the funnel gets. And you don't need a million people to make a million dollars. And it's not about the money. I was at a conference the other day and a guy said, and I loved what he said, how he said it It was so good. and It was so powerful. And, And then he was just quiet for like a minute. And it seemed like 20 minutes, but he's like, we aren't here to help. Or he said, we aren't here to make a million dollars. We're here to make them or help a million people. Yeah. That's what he said. And uh, some people, they, oh, it's just about the money and blah, blah, blah. And, and you're standing up there saying that, I mean, there's pushback, right? When it comes to health, you guys, people have an opinion and they oh, yeah. are trolling mean people. But what I have found in just kind of observing in that, in that state is that they almost can't be happy for you because they're hurting from something and they can't find an answer. And what worked for them, what worked for you didn't Mm -hmm. work for them. So they're just pissed and they're just trying to find answers. 
And so they're not taking it out on you, but it seems like they are. And that's where, you know, the psychology in me comes in and I'm like, don't take it personal. You know, you got to grow some, some thick skin because for every one person like that, there's probably going to be 10 people that you actually can help. So it's okay to, I don't know if you did this or not. It sounds like you did, but it's like when I have, when I've had things like that, I just shut out all the negativity, anybody and everybody that's bringing energy that I don't need. I literally shut down. And then I just focus on what I need to do to get it right. And all the negativity and all the outside forces, it's like, it's not going to serve you. So why even take the time to play into it? So I'm more like, how did you, how did you, how'd you get the balls to just stop, you know, like quit talking <laughs> to me like that. Quit telling me, you know, that I'm going to die and quit telling me these things. Like, was there something that you did to just say, just stop? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just so curious because <laughs> th these things are not easy things to do. I mean, they're not. And like, these are big, big, big life lessons. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. I mean, not that I want to make this whole thing about brain tumor stuff, but <laughs> I told you there's going to have to be a part two, Angela. There is. This there happens totally with is. me. We'll talk there about totally branding is. another time. Yes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let me, let me answer. First, the question you that I didn't quite answer. You asked me two before. Yeah. One was what else did you do like about eating and stuff? I want to make yes. sure I answer yes. that because I know that some of your listen listeners, they get so many different opinions and different mm -hmm. advices and different things. So I definitely lived through that. Let me answer that. And then yes, I totally remind me to answer the second one because yes. there were several things that happened. Um, but with the first one, you asked what like did you, was it just mindset or was mm -hmm. it healthy shifts and healthy eating and stuff too? Um, I'm going to give that kind of my overarching answer that was lesson learned along the way that I think applies to medical procedures, food, like workouts, anything you might try or be told to try for whatever is going on in your life, which was, um, what you believe matters, but what you do about what you believe matters way more. And I think that there's, there are so many ways to healing. Our bodies were designed for perfection, not for disease. And so you might want to cut out sugar. Awesome. Do it. Do it 100%. Wholeheartedly believe that that is your path and stick to it. And it's going to do amazing things for your body. Like you might be wanting to try a juicing diet or this diet or that diet. Okay. Do it. Be all in and believe that that is your path. Or you might want to go to a doctor and get surgery. Like I thought I did do it and be all in. And I've known lots of amazing doctors and people who have had that kind of a miracle because they were like, this is my path and they stuck with it. But when you don't get healing is when you waffle back and yep. forth yep. and you might be doing the thing, but you second guess yourself and you doubt that that's actually going to help. Have you, um, back to mindset that read the book, you are the placebo, Dr. Joe Dispenza. No. Oh my God. I have to add it. So no. Yes. It okay. sounds great though. <laughs> that is amazing. There's so many stories in there, which I had not read any of this until like 
two years ago. So everything that I discovered during this brain tumor journey, I discovered on my own. And these last few years, I've been reading all of these books and going to Tony Robbins and all these things has just been confirming it. It's like, wait, I know that. I did that. That's what mm -hmm. happened. Yes. But what I picked up on was how powerful the mind was, um, especially after that first like six months where I was almost healed. And then I went and saw a scan that said I wasn't. I believe the scan went home next day woke up with all of my symptoms back. Yeah. Like it clicked that my mind is controlling a lot of this. And it also clicked that when the anxiety and the fear that was swirling in my brain would really be strong, the symptoms would get way worse. And so I started going, fear is controlling a lot of what my body's doing. So let's cut out the fear first. And so, um, it wasn't enough to just believe that healing works, that God is real, that like, that anyone could be healed. I had to actually submit wholeheartedly to that path <laughs> and follow it through to the end. And so it's like, I think I could have gotten surgery if someone would have done it on me and I could have had a different kind of miracle. Mm -hmm. and, and like, so there's so much second guessing and doubt and waffling that goes on that we like our minds never fully accept and therefore tell our bodies. So it wasn't until my mind was fully on board, like, and this was inputs eight hours of day of listening to messages on healing and sermons on healing and, and just drowning out. Cause like you said, you got to go into your bubble. I had yep. to. <laughs> yeah, you I have couldn't, to. Couldn't listen to the news. I couldn't look like even well-meaning people. They'd feel sorry for me, and then I downward spiral. So I had to just put in things about being healed and totally drown it out. And um, I didn't do any particular diets. I was already pretty healthy eater. Mm -hmm. Eater. I was. <laughs> yeah. I ate healthy. For yeah, the most yeah, part yeah. at that time. And you worked out. Um, so there wasn't like you said you're doing it all right. Out. <laughs> right. And so there wasn't a lot to shift there, but I have had a lot of friends talk about like major amazing shifts in their body when they went to clean eating and those kind of things. I'm all on board for those things. That just wasn't a factor because it was actually a frustrating factor. Like, what more can I do? <laughs> uh, by the books, I'm really good. And one thing I did, I did start doing yoga um, during that time. I actually kind of got tricked into it. I used to think yoga was for sissies and <laughs> I only did hardcore workouts like CrossFit and P90X. And yes. but, but when this happened, it was like pounding migraines if I would move too much uh, uh. along with partial paralysis on my left side. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't do those workouts. And, um, I had a, another sweet friend who kind of entered my life about that time. She tricked me into doing it by teaching me acrobatic yoga first, Ooh. which that sounded just badass enough for me to be like, I'll try it. <laughs> I would try. I don't do yoga really because I'll talk too much and I'm like way too high strung, but I was doing this like acrobatic. Okay. Okay. I could get down. Yes. With that. There you go. There's your secret. So she tricked me into it, invited me and my boyfriend then at the time to try it. And I freaking loved it because I'm, I've done ballroom dancing much of my life. It's got a lot of similarities with the partnership and the trust you got to have and all that stuff. 
But then she started like doing longer and longer warm-ups at the beginning of acro yoga that was just regular yoga and vinyasa flow and all these stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. Oh, this feels pretty good. Oh, I could do this. Even it's not boring. <laughs> so I totally tricked me into yoga, which was very helpful, I'm sure, because it was one of the few exercises I could still do with both sides of my body. Mm-hmm. And as I began to heal, it allowed the left side to begin to build up more. So there was some physicality involved. And then the other thing was um, on the physical side of things, I kept moving just because I could no longer worried about the outcome. Like the outcome was frustrating. I worked out, my muscles still somehow got weaker. That doesn't seem fair. But when I chose, like I choose joy and I'm going to move today because the day is a gift and this movement is a gift. And the fact that I can go for a walk is a gift and it doesn't matter if it makes me stronger. I'm just grateful that I can do it. That helped a lot too. One for your mind, like moving your body helps your mind. I know you have a treadmill under your desk. I'm surprised you're not walking right now, honestly. <laughs> I know, I know. I, haven't I thought moved. this was going to be a word. I know I haven't moved the podcast, but it is coming in January. And a lot of the stuff we're doing is hopefully we'll get to like do some things in person too. But you know all about the movement and how when you're like, you've got to move. You got, and I'm like, yes, yes. It, it all starts with moving people. You just have to get up and move your body. Get out of the bed. Stop feeling depressed because if you don't move, you're going to stay in that state. And your body is yep. going to stay in that state. And if you don't get out and move, it can be walking. It could be dancing. It can be yoga. It, but I, I'm 100% with you. I, and that's what gratitude and mindfulness every single morning and every single night. It's like, I don't love paper. I'm not a journal person. But <laughs> every single day, I'm like, okay, th- we do highs and lows. This was my high. This was my low. And if it's a low, we all have a low. It's like, some days we're just great. You know, you don't have a low. But if there's a low in the bottom 5%, how can you reframe? How can you have gratitude and not complain about it? Mm-hmm. And, and what could you change to make it different? And so when you just sit yeah. there and do it with yourself, it's, it's so, I mean, things start to change because what you put out is what you're going to get back in the universe. Yep. And then when it comes down to it, all of those things, they were little action steps, like put in inputs. Stop listening to people who say you should just give up. It doesn't mean don't listen to things you don't want to hear. Like my friend who said, Johanna, you're not acting like you actually believe this. I needed to hear that. I didn't want to hear that. So don't shut out everyone who says something you don't want to hear. That's not necessarily the case, but there's a difference between things you need to hear and just like negative for the sake of negative. But then once all that was through, like all this massive action, I'm literally speaking out versus every day. Anytime I'm in intense pain, I'm just talking it out, telling my body, this is what's what. Um, Then it came down to massive action, total surrender. And I finally had to reach this place where I went, all right, Lord, I believe that you heal everyone who asks. I'm in everyone. I believe that this is for me. I've done all this stuff, but even if I don't, I'm still going to choose joy. I'm still going to love you. And I'm still going to serve as many people as I can with the time I have left. And I would do these, I didn't call them meditations, 
but they really were like, I'd just be sitting there praying and I'd picture this altar in a forest and I just crawl up on it and lay down and go, all right, Lord. And I started to notice when I would do that, the pain would go away for the time I was there. And so then I just started spending more and more time in that state of surrender and going like, I have done everything I can. I have goals. I have dreams. I want this outcome so bad, but I let it go. And whatever happens, happens. And I think that has been my secret to success in the rest of my life and in my business. Like if I had stayed on the path I was on when I first started it, I wouldn't be here. Mm -mm. But I surrendered that and said, what do you need more of? I added it. And I said, okay, I am going to do everything I can to become the brand name in brand design. And we're going to go way beyond. And I did quantum bunny leaps. I, <laughs> I treated, you said something earlier about um, we do it for other people, but we don't do it for ourselves. I finally learned that and I did do it for myself. I literally after I got back from the Tony Robbins thing, I took three months off of taking any clients. I sat down, I looked at my business and I said, I'm telling people that I can help them brand like the best. I'm telling them that I can do this luxury output, premium photos, amazing website. But if you look at my website, it's just a portfolio. It's a little embarrassing. It's kind of crap. If you look at like different touch points of my brand, I'm not super proud of them. I'm all tell and no show. And so I finally um, broke the curse of the cobbler's children wear no shoes. And I, I redid my brand. I sat down. I did my messaging. Then I went and created these luxe business cards that literally are like dripping gold. You can see them on my website. I went, I dunked them in paint, brought my photographer, flung gold all over the studio, had these like custom nails made with diamonds and like had so much fun doing for myself. What I amazing. (laughs) (laughs) They're amazing. (laughs) And it was just because I finally said, I can't just talk the talk. I've got to walk the walk for myself yep. too. And so I redid that. I redid my website to align with what I was saying I was capable of. And that was like three or four years ago. Now I'm looking at it again, like probably time for an upgrade. Uh-huh. Things change. And it's always like, there's always more. I just did a photo shoot on Tuesday with my motorcycle and this epic gown with this tiered train like this red off the shoulder dress <laughs> coming out of the darkness. It's going to be so cool. Just yes. showing up as yourself, you know? And I'm it's finally like, showing up yes. as myself and letting the world know and love me for who God made me to be. And right. I stuffed that for so many years. But now when, when I thought life was almost over, I realized life's too short to live it as anybody else. And I'm going to go all in as who he made me to be. And in that, I got to see what it felt like to start to live up to my potential. And that lit the fire in me to help my clients and other people do the same. I'm like, yeah. now I, my friends joke that I'm the raise, raise your price fairy. Like <laughs> clients come to me and they're like, well, you know, I, I charge $25,000 for a speech right now, but I'd like to charge 50,000 or, or this. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? 
Your you got to look like it. Like you charge. <laughs> Amen to that. You got to look like it. You got to become Amen. a show it all. Yep. Like stop just telling people that you give the best damn speeches around. Yes, you're going to build reputation and you got to practice and you got to have substance. But if they come to any one of your touch points, like they look at your slides during your speech and they look like they were made in the original PowerPoint or <laughs> you got to update. You gotta look. You gotta you look like you are. To. <laughs> you have to. I just I could continue. I like we have to do a part two because it's like I want everyone to see to. of like what you do and like where you're going because it's so flipping incredible. But it's like now I gotta go do another <laughs> podcast. I'm like, oh my god. Um, because I just I think it's important for people to understand. And again you know, after the whole pandemic thing, I mean, I have a completely different mindset around business and personal and taking care of yourself first. I mean, we talked a lot about it, you know, when we first met actually. And it's like, if you, like I said earlier, if you can't get yourself right and, and some people have never been through an experience that, that either of us have had mm -hmm. and, and, and that's okay. They never will. Right. But even if you don't ever <laughs> personally go through it, you know, somebody who is having Everyone has issues. Everyone has problems. We all have challenges. Yes. Life can suck. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but life can be amazing if you shift your mindset and you start to look mm -hmm. for the thankfulness and the opportunities. And like you said, I mean, when my feet hurt and I'm like so tired, but I'm like, okay, I need 3000 more steps before I meet my daily goal, before I go to bed and I'm so tired, but I'm going to, I'm going to walk on my treadmill and, but I'm working because it's a stand up desk with treadmill underneath. And I'll GSD and get shit done, but also finish my steps out. And then I feel better. And, the, you know, so it's just like setting these personal goals and don't let anybody, nobody keep you from doing it. And it's like, we're our worst enemy, right? But we have to have a part two because what you're doing is amazing. And thank you so much <laughs> for being here today and starting the conversation. And we're going to continue the conversation. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I'm trying no. to find a faster way to tell that story. It's, but it's so important because these are the personal things. A lot of people are still, you know, if you're not like overly um, an extrovert and you don't really, you haven't had a lot of successes yet. Um, mm -hmm. You don't, people don't feel confident and comfortable in sharing kind of like their sob story, which it's not a sob story. You know, it's just people need to hear that first. And then it's like, it yeah. really, really, really is the foundation so that they can better understand why you're doing and the approach that you're taking to what you're doing. Can I, can I no, give them two, two nuggets to take away from yes. all this so that they want to listen to your part two? Yes. Okay. So one, the outcome that happened when I broke the curse of the cobbler's children wear no shoes and I treated myself as a priority and I really looked at my business and um, did what I do best to my business was I went from being able to charge about $5,000 for uh, an initial brand package to being able to charge okay, $5,000 from being able yep. to charge $5,000 to $100,000 in the course of one year. And my how husband, the hell do you do it? <laughs> my, I, I brand position, I positioned my brand where it finally belonged. I yep. knew I was amazing. Sorry, that sounded really braggy. I didn't no, mean that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 
I knew I had, I knew I could. I knew I was transforming businesses and transforming lives and had something amazing to offer the world, but I just looked like everyone else. And so I took it and said, it is time to show up as my most authentic, amazing self in every aspect of my brand. And when I, that like literally next day, some guy in a coffee shop asked for my business card and then ran and checked my website, ran back and said, oh my gosh, you get branding, you get me. I need you to do work for me. By the way, I worked for Google. And it was like, boop. That's <laughs> overnight. Amazing. <laughs> Just Okay. So you got to listen to part two. Because- so nugget is why you want to do like not just branding, but why you want to show up as your most authentic self. Like your brand should capture your uniqueness and, and validate your value to your dreamiest of dream clients 100%. and polarize the other ones, like scare off everybody else. You're not Absolutely. meant to work and please everybody. You're meant yep. to work with the people that you're perfectly aligned with. And part two coming soon. <laughs> if anybody wants to connect with you, reach out to you, what's your play- favorite platform? Where can they find you? And we'll put all the links in the show notes too. Okay. You can find me on my website, designedbyjoestudio.com. Uh, send me a contact form, like just send me a message or you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook as at Design by Joe Studio. <laughs> I Easy love it. Peasy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And if you're watching or listening, thank you so much for your time today and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights. And I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.